Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast focusing on the booming horse market in China, bringing to you by two experts of Chinese equine industry, Zoe King and Jojo Wang from Shanghai and Hong Kong, introducing China to the world. Hey Zoe, where are you? Hey Jojo, I'm still in Shanghai. How are you? I'm doing great. It is already in spring. This means. The China Equestrian Competition season is heating up again. This year, China has a new competition series named All Star Jumping Series. It is co-organized by Dashing Equestrian Club from Beijing. You can find more information of this club in Season One, Episode Sixteen. Shanghai Chenjing Equestrian Club in Season One, Episode One, and Shanghai Aijiu Equestrian Club. The competition will conduct three stations starting next weekend on the 19th to the 20th March, and the second and third station will be happening in June and October. Yes, and this year the whole series will compete in Shanghai, so I'll make sure I'm not going out anywhere during the competition period. And guys, we will bring you the most up-to-date news and stories from the country every week in China Horse Business Podcast. So please subscribe and share it with your friends, and do not miss any news from us. Exactly, and remember, you can always contact us by emailing contact at wonderhorse dot com, and we will reply all the emails as soon as we can. Right, Zoe. Today in the China news session, we will bring you the local thoroughbred auction news. Yurong Racing Club is one of the top racing event organizer in mainland China. They have officially confirmed the final date of the 2022 Spring and Autumn on-site auction. The Spring auction will be held on the 13th of May, and the Autumn auction will be held on the 2nd of September. Both auctions will be held in Yulong International Racecourse Auction Center, Youyu County, Shanxi Province. So, guys, please mark down your schedule for the auction. And 2022 Yulong Spring Auction is already open for horse application. All enrolled horses will need to execute a 15 days quarantine procedure before moving into the auction house, according to the official data from Yulong since 2018. The Yulong auction has been successfully held in six sessions with a total turnover of over 65 million Chinese yuan. This number may seem still small compared to the overseas auctions. However, the promotion of professional, international, fair, and just trading value has constructed a practical trading platform for the Chinese racing community. And at the same time, the platform also assembles and builds value for the domestic thoroughbred. Well said, Zoe. Let's move on to the China Club session for today. And the horse farm we introduced today might be one of the biggest horse farm in the world. Shandan Military Horse Farm is located in the middle of Hexi Corridor. The farm covers the area of 2,195 square kilometers. It spans Gansu and Qinghai Province, a junction to three cities and six counties. To be simple, it is slightly larger than two Hong Kong cities, and the farm was founded by Kuo Chubing, a Hussar general of the West Han Dynasty, over two thousand years ago. The farm is flat with an adequate water supply and quality grass, creating an ideal horse breeding environment in China. Since nineteen forty nine, the farm was managed by the military of nearly fifteen years. 
and it was the most significant military horse breeding base in Asia and a large base for oil and meat production for the army. In the early 2000s, the farm operation has transferred to a state-owned company, and today the farm still has nearly 8,000 employees and over 10,000 horses on site. Wow! Yes, and today in our China story section, we invited a guest from Germany who has extensive knowledge of both China mainland and Hong Kong equine markets. Let's meet Shasha X James, CEO of Equation Group. Hello, Sasha. How are you doing? Yes. Hello. How are you? And I'm pleased and very honored to be interviewed by you today. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. As we know, Equestrian Globe (EG) is a representative of FN, the Germany Equestrian Association. And before the pandemic, you traveled to China very frequently for business. Can you share with our audience what is EG's business and how did your China Equestrian story begin? Well, I probably need to start a bit earlier, um, back to 2007, because I was uh, highly involved in the federation work in Germany, not only in the normal sport federation, but also for Paralympics and therapeutic riding. And um, I still remember a phone call coming from Hong Kong at the time. And I was so surprised uh, to to hear a voice, voice from there, <laughs> really mm -hmm. unexpected. And um, at the time, as you know, um, Hong Kong was announced to be the host for the Olympic Games. And yes. um, they were still seeking for someone who could be, who, who could help to build a kind of, legacy in Hong Kong during and after Olympic Games for equestrian sport, meaning being in charge for the riding uh, clubs in Hong Kong, but also taking care of the jumping team for Olympic Games and so on. And of course, I was very honored at the time to be asked to uh, take up this role and position. And I immediately said yes. I didn't even have to think about it, mm -hmm. uh, not knowing what would come to me. But finally, it ended up really in one of the greatest experiences. So I was in charge of the Olympic team at the time, of the jumping team, but then also for the riding clubs in Hong Kong. And yeah, maybe some of... Uh, the listeners will know that Hong Kong Jockey Club uh, has a program for retired racehorses. And yep. Um, yep. that fell also into my department and responsibility. And during my work, uh, I was asked to travel many times to China because it was a time when the club donated quite a number of retired racehorses to different riding clubs in China. So together with uh, one or two vets from the club, I traveled there quite regularly and I really get to know China in a very yeah, nice and exciting way to see how the standards and the market and the development took place at the time in Equestrian. So this is the pre-story to it, but you have to know it a little bit how I was involved Involved. in China. So... Mm -hmm. um, then when my time with the club came to an end, it was just a limited position for a limited time. 
that was by the end of 2011, I traveled two times more to, to China just to check more detailed about equestrian sports. So I visited the exhibitions and I found out that Germany was really underrepresented. There was no one really uh, showing about equestrian sport in Germany. So for me, it was logical to uh, seek for a partner like the German Federation to found the company Equestrian Globe to try to help uh, for the development in China in whatever aspects. And um, this is how we started in, in 2012, yeah. in the beginning. And we nearly did everything what was related to horses or horse business. We formed the German pavilion representing Germany, equestrian uh, industry players from different brands, uh, up to 12 companies. Uh, we uh, participated in the exhibitions. We liaised with uh, government bodies in both directions. Whenever people wanted to come to China uh, or other representatives from China travel to Germany, we tried to set up programs and so on. My company started from beginning to distribute uh, UVEX riding helmets and uh, safety vests. And today it is also Sprenger, which is a well-known company for uh, bits and, and spurs and so on. And right away from beginning, we also had a strong focus on education and yeah. what we could bring from Germany from our experience and knowledge. Yes, interesting. So you have been in China now for 10 years since 2012. We know that EG has now cooperating with developing the coach system with the Chinese Equestrian Association under the sponsored by the Hong Kong Jockey Club. So this is a piece of big news in China. And we can already foresee the China Equestrian community will hugely benefit from the collaboration. Can you tell us what is EG or FN's role in this project? And what kind of knowledge will be brought to China from this? Yes. Well, everything uh, is, of course, related to our own experience and culture we have in Europe, uh, especially Germany. We have a long tradition and culture of writing things down very precise, especially related to technical aspects of riding and horse keeping and breeding, of course. The German Federation is the biggest organization when it comes to equestrian sport in the world, combining breeding sport and, and membership, I think have a, a quite a number of very good collection of knowledge as well in books and learning materials. So our approach is that we give this package to, to China, but not to, to say, look, you have to do it exactly this way. For us, it was always important that China uh, needs to find its own way and system what could fit the most or best to happen there and for China people. So what we do is we offer simply our help and contents and to set up courses and a certification system 
that implements really an own Chinese system for trainer education. So we don't say, you see, this is German or European and you have to do it exactly this way. No, it's very important that it's tailor-made for China. Nice. Um, Sasha, many of our listeners of the podcast that they are learning, they are owning their own equine business in Germany, in Europe, in States, in Australia, New Zealand, many, many places in the world. And now every eyes is on Chinese equine market. China is getting so much attention on its development in this business. So from the business side, from the business landscape, you have a lot of experience. You work closely with Chinese community, especially the businessmen in the Chinese equine community. So if you can give a piece of advice to those companies who want to doing business with China, what would be your advice for them? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I think the most important piece of it is be patient. China is such a big country and most of my colleagues and experiences started from a perspective that we know everything, uh, China do know nothing and we just do it very quickly here. <laughs> it's a little mm -hmm. bit like this. Um, but it doesn't work like this, of course. And you have to be prepared to dive deeply into Chinese culture and to learn from China uh, many good aspects as far as I can oversee it from 10 years experience. And you really have to adopt and adjust yourself to the speed, uh, to the uh, view on things. And uh, it takes a lot of energy from you if you are not patient. <laughs> <laughs> you need to st step back yourself, your maybe own character, your goals uh, when it comes to timing. It simply takes time to, to work out things, to implement things, to exchange knowledge. And you need many, many dinners and drinks before <laughs> it comes to really serious exchange and, and business with Chinese partners. And um, by the time you uh, find a lot of friends and you uh, start to um, love the people, love the country, but it takes time. And uh, probably the second most important recommendation I would have that it definitely makes sense to have some sense of the Chinese language. <laughs> it mm -hmm. definitely helps you to even more understand the thinking uh, by, by looking into the details of the language. It's not about only simple word understanding. It's also about learning how things are communicated. And um, yeah. sometimes to read between the lines about yeah. uh, aspects of business. And um, all other things come by themselves, I would say. You also need to have a long breath when it comes to structure around your company, your own company, in the sense that, of course, China is doing a lot of five years, 10 years or even longer planning mm -hmm. uh, uh, when it comes to policies and government restrictions or supports. And um, this is also something which can heavily uh, Protect your business if you don't yeah. follow uh, these kind of official lines and guidelines from the government. Yeah, I, I'm 
quite agree with you on the patient. Always have long-term vision for your project when it comes to China, a big country, like long history, complex society and commercial environment, of course. But, you know, many of our acquired business are family business or small middle businesses. Would you say that the Chinese acquired market now is ready or provides uh, opportunities for uh, small and middle businesses from overseas, from Europe, for example. Is it the right timing for them? And is it too early for them because they may have to wait so many years before they are getting an actual step on the market? What will be your recommendations, especially for those uh, small business owners? Uh, well, for sure, time is absolutely right for now. Uh, taking for a moment <laughs> the difficult pandemic times on site, uh, mm-hmm. which restrict us to travel to China, but question of time, hopefully we know that this is possible again. But if you look to the numbers, the, the most actual numbers I still have in mind, okay, they are now two years old, but compared to five years before, six years before, the growth of Acastrian is uh, so huge now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many clubs uh, have been developed. Uh, and I think uh, when you see also the hosting of important events in Acastrian and even now Asian Games and so on, um, this all is a booster to a equestrian market and uh, you have companies willing to sponsor things. And we just started uh, with this uh, when you compare the numbers of what is possible and where are we now. Wow, we have a lots of work for the coming 50 years, I would say. And I can only motivate uh, other people to start doing something and uh, trying to help the Chinese equestrian market to flourish and to develop. So there's yeah. really a lot to do. And especially when it comes to the clubs, they need a lot of help for sure. What we are doing is just a piece of it, trying to bring a bit more in knowledge into clubs, but uh, doing so uh, many other aspects of business uh, when it comes to equipment, uh, to, to events and so on, this will all have to go in parallel in the development. Mm-hmm. So I can only say uh, start your business and, and try to do something. Yeah, agree. Yes, many, many opportunities. The market is uh, big enough. So that no business is too small to start. I think it's always big enough to start when you are facing a big market like China. Yes, absolutely. Great. Wow. I think uh, they will benefit a lot from your sharing. You're a true China expert yourself. And we hope to see you very soon in China again. Yes, I hope so too. I'm so desperate to come over again. And I miss the food so much. You can't believe it. <laughs> yes, yes, of okay, course. Great. Xie xie. Xie xie okay, great. Right, Have you. a good time. It was such a clever move that Chinese Equestrian Association collaborate with the German FN system with the support of the Hong Kong Jockey Club. With the expert advice from FN, the growth of the China equestrian market will definitely speed up healthily. Cannot agree more, Jojo. Right, let's wrap it up today. We will speak again next week. Talk to you again next week, Zhao and I hope all listeners have a good week ahead. Bye. This podcast is co-hosting by Zoe King and Jojo Wang. 
powered by Wonder Horse, a business solution provider focusing on Chinese equine market and a bespoke equine community in China.